Welcome to the Senior Story Hour, where we share poems, stories, and observations of life written by the Franklin Senior Center Writers Group. I'm Peter Jay, and now let's say hello to our writers for today's program. Faith Flaherty here. Joe Ewald. Hi, I'm Alice Judge. Hi, I'm Bill Wiley. Hi, I'm Steve Sherlock. Hi, I'm Kathy Salzberg. So we're here for another session of the Scribblers Senior Writers Group in Studio A in a hybrid format. A lot of us are in the room in Studio A in Franklin TV, and Kathy's joined us via the magic of technology and Zoom. Thank you for joining us, Kathy. Yeah. So who wants to go first today? Okay, we've got Alice up first. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Peter threw out a first line and asked us to uh, do something with it, a story. So it was a dark and stormy night. The <laughs> ominous clouds overhead foretold the scene in front of me. The woman lay stabbed with what looked like a shepherd's hook. Now, oh, geez, I hope the woman, who I recognized as Cleo Barrington, was dead when the victim was hauled onto the hook and left hanging there. Cleo Barrington must have been 35, although she would never tell. You know what I mean. She had lived in this town, Sunnyview, Massachusetts, for four years. In those four years, she had managed to alienate all the women in town. I know from experience, since I just signed the divorce papers between my husband Jeff and I. Jeff fell pretty hard for Cleo, which doesn't say much about our marriage, but if I was truthful about the matter, my marriage to Jeff had been in trouble before Cleo worked her charms on him. Cleo haters were so plentiful. We met as a, as a group, all women, of course. We didn't call it the Cleo Barrington Haters Club or anything like that, but the group became like a counseling session. I wasn't taking Jeff back. But Susan Blakely and Irene Tennant wanted to see something to salvage in their marriage, and they were trying to forgive and forget their husband's indiscretions. Boy, police were going to have a hard time with all these possible suspects in Cleo's homicide. <laughs> and I knew I headed up the list. Most nights these days, I went for a walk to clear my head. That's what happened tonight. I like to go by the gazebo in town where they will soon have their summer concerts. That's where I found Cleo. I dialed 911 and it took minutes for the police to get to the crime scene. The coroner's office had just put the body in the tarp and put it in the ambulance. The crowd was thinning out and I saw the chief of police starting towards me. I sat down at a nearby bench, and Chief, the Chief, Bob Lotto, joined me. You found the body, he asked. Why would you be out on a night like this? I explained how I usually take a walk every night, especially since Jeff and I are divorcing. That isn't happening now, said the Chief. I paused. I wasn't sure what the Chief meant. Oh, I said, this doesn't mean... Jeff and I will be back together. I can't think of that now. The poor woman, no matter how much I detested her, 
She didn't deserve this, her poor family. It was then I sensed a tear dropping from my face. You feel bad for (laughs) Cleo, the chief asked. For God's sakes, Bob, of course this is a terrible tragedy. But you hated Cleo for taking Jeff away from you and the kids. I was well rid of him. Are you trying to say I'm a suspect in her murder? I can't imagine Cleo could hang herself from that hook, or whatever it is, I said sarcastically. The chief looked at me. Do you know anyone that would want to harm Cleo? Only every woman in town whose husband was dazzled by Cleo's charms, I said. The chief asked me if Cleo had any family, an ex-husband, kids, mother, father. I told him I didn't know. Chief asked Susan Blakely and Irene Tennant about Cleo. Paul Blakely and Jim Tennant had a fling with Cleo before Jeff. I know the women are trying to still give their marriage a chance, seeking marriage counseling. But if I remember correctly, one of them hired a private detective. That's how they discovered their husband's indiscretion. I got up. The chief followed. If you're not arresting me, can I go home? I'm tired. The chief asked me if I was (laughs) leaving town. I shook my head. Good luck, I said. Cleo was trouble. I don't envy you poking around into her life. She probably left a bevy of dead bodies in her wake. Not literally, but figuratively. Very good. (laughs) I hope you continue that. (laughs) I know, does she get away with it? That's the question. Well, how how long will she get away with it? How long? (laughs) Was it really a woman who did her in? Oh, Oh, I thought you meant she was a woman. So there's a twist to it. Sure. Oh, wow. So we got something to look forward to. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) If I can find it in all my boxes. (laughs) That was a good start, though. Absolutely. Thank you. You bet. To keep with the theme, I did have my piece that is also kind of a part one of the dark and stormy night if you want we can do that great a dark and stormy night part one she worries when i go for my night walk even if just in our neighborhood where there is little traffic most folks home by this time little movement on the road even the wildlife is nesting plenty of road to share in this uncertainty coming out of the pandemic, wondering what the new normal might be, striding along, streetlights start the shadow races, the blackest black bleeds to gray as the light shifts from back to front. As the light shifts, the shadow dims, decides to go the other way, leaving me alone for a time. Navigating the curve, it's dark, hard to see, Harder still when at this far point between the poles, the light streetlight works, sort of. It slowly comes on, building brightness, widening its circle of light. It reaches as far as it can, stays for a bit, only a bit. Then abracadabra, the cone of light disappears. Then I'm back to navigating the curve, walking on a dark and stormy night. Oh, you po- it's poetic. So. I like the way you finished it with uh, the first sentence. Yeah. It was a little yeah. twist, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Oh, what was that light there? 
the street light. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Right. And it there is a street light, and I've reported it to the DPW, but <laughs> they just haven't fixed it yet. But it, it comes on gradually, gradually <laughs> building, and then it just blips, oh, yeah. oh. goes out, I've seen and that. it just starts going on again. I've seen, oh. that, I've seen that before, yeah. Yeah. Well, that must be disconcerting thought, if you study it for any length of time. I thought, yeah. I thought you were slipping in UFO stuff in there or something. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> we, we avoid that kind of stuff. There you go. That would be a story. A that UFO could be that story. could be part three. Who knows? Yeah. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. A, a continue, to be continued. To be continued. Yes. Kathy, you want to go next? Well, I'll read mine. Good. Yeah, I'll read mine now. But I I didn't go with um the suggested topic. I just resurrected something that I wrote before. It's called bragging rights. So I'm feeling mighty proud of myself this morning. I just finished putting together my brand new Keurig coffee maker, and I didn't even need to call my son to come over and help me. And when I mustered up the courage to press the button for my first cup, it didn't even explode. (laughs) Big deal, you're probably thinking. Well, for yours truly, it definitely is. For a woman who topped the honor roll in high school and had no trouble making it to the dean's list in college, I am woefully inadequate at technical matters. But now when I have a computer problem or can't get my cell phone to work, I don't get flustered. I just call my son, who luckily lives only five minutes away. But lately when I phone him, I can hear him sigh before he even (laughs) says hello. (laughs) Yeah, Mom, he'll say, what's the problem today? He's usually in a hurry to get to the golf course, so he won't even go into the fine points of explaining how I ordered way too many virus protection programs and they're canceling each other out, or how I accidentally turned off the sound on my phone. He'll just fix it and leave. That's okay. I probably wouldn't remember anyway. (laughs) <laughs> but back to the coffee maker. Why, oh, why do they make the print on those instructional postcards so darn small that you need a magnifying glass to read them? And why the heck do I need to install a water meter in the thing <laughs> with a teeny little filter that needs to be soaked and washed first? But eventually I managed to get it done myself, and the cat cautiously emerged from under the kitchen table. But her ears were still flattened on top of her head, and she was still crouching. I inserted one of the sample, the free sample K-cups and let her rip. And before I knew it, out gurgled the warm brown liquid into my coffee mug. It was called Breakfast Blend, but it was way too weak for me. My late mother-in-law would have, dub- would have dubbed it Pantapis, excuse the term. <laughs> God rest her soul. That woman had a way with words. <laughs> I myself prefer a stronger brew, an extra dark roast that will put hair on your chest, although that's not really attractive if you're a female. <laughs> Later today, I plan to go to the office supply store and buy myself a new filing cabinet so I can keep better records for my documents and bills. I'll call my son early tomorrow morning to get over here and put it together, reminding him that it will hold all my insurance policies as well as my will just to sweeten the pot. I'll make the call early 
So I'll catch him before he goes to the golf course. <laughs> and that's a true story. <laughs> oh, I believe it. Wow. Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> Bill, okay. what do you got for us today? Okay, uh, I have a, a special poem I wrote for a, a dear friend uh, who passed away. Uh, her name is uh, Mildred Rose Loden. Uh, I met her at the uh, senior center. We used to have a oh. brec- breakfast together all the time. Okay. Then we, oh. then she started taking me to stores, and I helped her around the stores. And mm-hmm. she get get in one of those uh, uh, carts that carts. that yeah. drove around, and I would uh, stand beside her and mm-hmm. help her with oh, things. Nice. And she, she she passed away. Uh, August 31st, 2020, and I only recently found out, so I wrote this special poem about her. My farewell to Millie. My beautiful friend, I love you to no end. You made me smile. For you, I'd walk a mile. We had many good times. For you, I'd give you my last dime. Breakfast where we first met. Became close friends. You are the best. I'd spot you from far away with your fiery red hair. For you, I do care. Good times between us. It was great. Sometimes one of us would be a little late. My dear friend, my dear friend, my love I, to you I send. You were honest and open, not afraid to speak your mind. A special friend till the end of time. I'm happy that I found you, if only for a little while. When we were together, you always made me smile. We always had fun at the Senior Center Cafe. I treasure these moments, I just have to say. With Richard or Jennifer or Loudmouth Wayne, we laugh and we sang, though you were in pain. But your pain is gone now, in heaven you reside. But my love for you won't stop, my love I won't hide. My heart is broken, just a few more words will be spoken. Thanks for these memories, I'll treasure through all time. These moments are so special, and they are all mine. Very nice, Wonderful Bill. tribute. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, we're lucky to have... Beautiful. We're lucky in life to have friends like that. So. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. sounds like that you. That was good, Bill. She was a good hmm. confidant. Yeah, that's a, that's a good memory. And shifting along, Faith, I think you've got something kind of special today that you might need some help with. Um, yes, but Joe has uh, something little to... Oh, yeah, let me go first. This okay. is, you know, we're all writers, and we've read all, all the famous books. But I don't think you know some little tidbits behind some of these famous authors. Ah. First of all, I was taught to read in Christ the King, and I fell in love with reading. And my mother took me to the bookmobiles. Remember them? Once yeah, a long yes. time ago, yes. and we used to walk. It was every Friday that it came to our area. Mm-hmm. So it went to other places too. And I remember walking with my little brother and my mother about a mile. And I was like, every Friday, I was just looking forward yeah. to going again and renewing the, the same process, getting some new yeah, stuff to yeah. read. So, anyways, um, I moved on from that. And of course, everybody knows the Hardy Boys. And Nancy mm-hmm. Drew, yep. and all that Tom Swift, and a little tidbit about that is the same person wrote all of those. Yeah, same author. Yeah, same different, author. Different yeah. diplomas. Right, and um, yeah, and they were all good. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, you know, I couldn't get enough of the Hardy Boys. Mm. So, anyways, I fell in love with Charles Dickens, 
and, and he was great. Everybody knows him. The one I would recommend is Great Expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and he mm. used to, when he was young, he wrote a book called Sketches by Boz. And the rumor has it, he used to go on rooftops, and they had really gruesome public executions back then. And he used to draw oh. sketches. Oh. And, you know, he used to write about child labor. Yeah. And yeah. all the things that were going on in Victorian England, Queen Victoria. Wow. Yeah, and I, I just, they were I, all kind of uh, sad. Yeah, it was, um, it was bad. It was abuse, yeah. in, in all forms yes. back then. Yeah. And um, he was great. And then when he retired, he used to go on public tours reading his books, and he was mm-hmm. great. Oh. He was fabulous doing that. And he had sold out shows, especially here in America. Mm-hmm. So. I fell in love with him, and then we move on to F. Scott Fitzgerald. You know, all the stuff we had to read in high school, The Great Gatsby. Right. Mm. He has a yeah. famous saying, show me a hero, and I'll write you a tragedy. And that's uh. the mm. thought, because mm. the, the Great Gatsby mm-hmm. does actually become the hero yeah. in that movie. Right. Or in that book. And then Ernest Hemingway, Hemingway. was yeah. great. And I'm mm. reading um, For Whom the Bells Toll right now. Yeah. And he yes. was great, and he he took himself out because he felt that he couldn't write at the same level. And his last one was The Old Man in the Sea, mm. and it's the only book oh. to win the Pulitzer Prize and the Nobel Prize, mm. the only book to catch a book. Wow. And he couldn't, so that's why, you know, he didn't want to continue because his level was sinking. Mm. So he he's great, and they just had a, a special on PBS. PBS, yep. Uh, on him and uh, check it out. Yeah, four part or well worth. Yeah, it is. And so um, I'd love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course, Gone with the Wind. Margaret Mitchell. I recommend that book. Mm. And that's the only one she wrote mm-hmm. because she died in a car accident mm. a year after she wrote that. Wow. So um, oh, she didn't, she didn't did. get it. And her relatives had all that money. Yep, all the rights she to Gone. Wow. No. Wow. No, I think the book came out in 1939. The movie was in 1939, and she died in either 1940 or 1941. So anyways, and then Harper Lee only wrote one book. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, they said, well, why didn't you write more? Didn't they just recently, not too long ago, find another book by Yeah, her? it's Set the Watchman. And, yeah. uh, it's, it's about the yeah, same. Well, she, she wrote that at first, oh. and they told her that, it wasn't good enough to go back to the drawing board. Oh. And then that's when really? she... Yes. And that's wow. when she came back with To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. And then another tidbit, there was these aristocrats in the 19th century, well-to-do. Oh. And they, they were bored. And they decided to have a writing, a writing contest to see who could write the best horror. And the person mm-hmm. that won it was Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein. Frankenstein, and that's yeah. A true oh, story. wow. That's a true story. Wow. You've got a lot of information on that. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> um, let me see what I got here. Okay, Edgar Allan Poe. I was telling Faith earlier, earlier this, and you might know this. For years and years, there was a mysterious stranger that used to go to his grave in Baltimore mm-hmm. and leave flowers and some champagne. Mm. And the um, honor has been passed on from father to son, and somebody still comes every year. They don't know who it is. Wow. Flowers and champagne for Edgar Allan Poe. 
Has anybody tried to find out, really find they out? They don't because they want people want to see the magic, the myth, the mystery of it continue. Sure. Yeah. They don't oh. want to they don't want to spoil it. They don't want to spoil yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Is it a wow. uh, certain date that they come? Yeah, his birth the I think it's his birthday. I don't yeah. think it's the day uh, he died. I think it's his birthday. So the day after anybody could come and get the champagne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but they don't do that because that would be it's it's sacred. You're on sacred ground. Right. Oh, so yes. nobody uh, wants I'm, to spoil yeah. the sacred ground. We know how many people you know yeah. really appreciate. Yeah, I mean that. a wino would come across that. You have a you would have a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, moving on, we have um, we have Jack London, and you would love this, Kathy. Roe Call of the Wild and White Fang. Oh yeah. yeah, very readable now. And he, believe it or not, he was the first writer to become a millionaire. Off of wow. those, he wow. wrote the he wrote the Sea Wolf. He was. Yeah, he sure was the first millionaire. And then he, like a lot of them, he threw it all away, and he died poor. What was his What was his biggest book? I would say Call White Fang. Everybody knows Call of the Wild, yeah. but I think White Fang is the better oh. of the two. But they're both great, oh. and that's where he made his money. Wow! Was on those two. I and want to read them now. How about yeah. F. Scott Fitzgerald? Though, for instance, okay, he wrote. He, he was. Uh, he lived in an elaborate place. And all, all his he, books were about drinking and partying, yeah. and didn't he have carousing? Yeah, all those elaborate places. And no, no, no. Uh, the Great Gatsby didn't really become famous until twenty years after oh. his death. It sat in it sat in oh the warehouse. Oh my god! Yeah, if you everybody, so yeah, check it out. That would make a wonderful magazine. Yeah, article. and now it's like it's an it's a required oh, yeah, read for required high school reading, and yeah. colleges. The Great Gatsby is a classic. Yeah, and yeah. I've read it a number of times, uh, and it's a great story. Wow. And it's about people drinking and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just having a good time. Yeah, that was the Roaring Twenties. Yeah. Or the dresses and the hats, the, the headgear, all of it. It's it's one of my most fascinating times. Yeah, yep. And then Alexander Dumas. A lot of people don't know that he's he's Afro American, and um, oh. he sure is. Mm-hmm. And um, Robert Louis Stevenson, another one that died early, and, and one of his famous quotes is, "It's." An accomplishment, even if you write a bad book, it's an accomplishment. Really? Oh, yeah. And he <laughs> he died it. in Samoa, and all the Samoans honored him as a king, and they carried his body oh. up to the top of a mountain, Oh. and that's where he resided in wow. peace. So, wow. But my that fav- is fascinating stuff. My favorite one that I'm going to finish with, this is my favorite. Stephen Crane, who wrote The Red Badge of Courage, Courage. he died at 29. Oh. A lot of people don't know, he went up with Teddy Roosevelt in charge of San Juan Hill. Oh. And he covered the whole story. Now, I'm not sure if he knew he was going to die or not, but he was, he threw himself in there. uh, Did he die in battle? No. No, he sure didn't. He died of a disease a year. He died at the age of 29. Wow. And uh, he died a year or two after that. But that's a little, people don't know, he was with Teddy Roosevelt. Mm. Wow. The Red Badge mm. of Courage. It's my favorite. And What did he die of? I think he died of leukemia. That was, they didn't, my, my, oh. my yeah, my, my older oh. daughter died in um, 1953 of leukemia at two and a half. They just didn't have the treatment back then that we have yeah. now. And um, 
Yeah, well, yeah, leukemia was the biggest thing that, that hit a lot of people back then. And, of course, wow. they, they didn't have the cures mm -hmm. that we have yeah, today. Yeah. So, but, right. But in their short time, they were able to come up with great stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. One wow. thing I will add, um, if you want to, the best-selling book right now is The President's Daughter by Bill Clinton and James Patterson. Yes, so, yeah. So, so Bill I, Clinton? Yeah, and no. James Patterson. It's called The President's Daughter. I was at Barnes & Noble last oh Saturday, and it was selling like hotcakes. Yeah. Unbelievable. So anyway, yeah. that's my little thing about, little tidbits about yeah. authors that people don't know about. Lots of that was a lot of little tidbits. That was good. Nice, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all that information. I think what's coming up with what we have with Faith is going to be better than that, though. No. Mine, I wrote a skit, and the skit was for Tops. Tops is T-O-P-S, for Take Off Pound Sensibly. It meets at the oh, seniors. Yeah. It meets at the senior center every Friday at twelve thirty to one, and I um, I wrote this to present to my tops group. The image in the TV. The scene is the living room of Lazy Lucinda's apartment. It's the evening after supper. She's watching a big screen TV <laughs> with a remote in her hand. It's a little hot in the room, but Lazy Lucinda is too comfortable to get up and turn on the air conditioner. Lazy Lucinda is way too comfortable. Suddenly, the image on the TV steps out of the screen into the living room with Lazy Lucinda. <laughs> what? Lazy Lucinda sits up. What? Who are you? What's happening? Is that popcorn I smell, or rather butter on popcorn that I smell? What's going on? Who are you? <laughs> Death. Who? <laughs> Death. Listen, can I sit down? The smell of that buttered popcorn is sickening. You have way <laughs> too much butter on it. Who are you? May I have a glass of water? Did you say death? <laughs> what do you mean, death? What is wrong with you? Do you see my black costume uh? and white face and hands? <laughs> yeah. Is it Halloween? No. Then <laughs> I'm who I said, death. Now may I have a glass of water? What are you drinking? <laughs> Is this a joke? What kind of joke? You're 57, Lazy Lucinda, 13 Main Street. Unless I messed up, where's my list? Fumbles through his pockets, finally oh. producing a paper with names and addresses. It all checks oh. out. What checks out? What do you want with me? What do I want? Isn't oh. it obvious? What do you think I want? You must be kidding. I'm in my prime. This is a nice place. Is it a condo? Do you own it? It's a condo, and I rent, and some of the stuff came with the place. Picking up a picture with a couple of cute kids. I love kids with big eyes. Yours? My grandchildren. Look, look I'm not ready to go. That's what they all say. But I'm <laughs> relatively healthy. Oh, please. You're obese. You have high cholesterol, <laughs> high blood pressure, you're a diabetic, and you're going to have a stroke in a few minutes. I can't go. <laughs> I have responsibilities. You're retired. My grandchildren depend on me. To drive them to school? 
They need to walk and get some exercise. I'm the weight recorder in tops. I need to be there to weigh people in. You're the weight recorder. Don't make me laugh. You're so overweight, your recliner is sagging. You're hot but too lazy to get up and turn on the AC. And I'm so thirsty. And you're too lazy to get me a glass of water. Why would death need to drink water? Don't change the subject. You're killing yourself with your unhealthy lifestyle. You don't have to be cruel. Sorry, but how else can I say it? I could change. Too late. Listen, sit down. Let me get you a glass of water. Do you want anything else? Want some liquor in your water? Some cake? Cookies? (laughs) There's some chocolates on the coffee table. See what I mean? Don't you have any healthy things in your kitchen? Does water count? (laughs) No. I mean, yes. Anything else? Well, there's strawberries on top of strawberry shortcake, and there's strawberries inside the chocolates. Ugh, just water, please. Here. Gives death a glass, a tall glass of water. If you give me an hour more, I could go buy some fruit. Why? Then I could live longer. Yeah, maybe a day. (laughs) If I walk to the store, could I have a week? You can't just walk once. No, of course not. I'll walk all the time. I'll change my lifestyle. Oh, in that case, if you change your lifestyle, there's no telling how much longer you could live. You could live to be old. Just by changing my lifestyle? Didn't you say you belonged to Tops? I thought you people were intelligent. So you're giving me more time? It's not me. I'm not. You are. You are changing your lifestyle by adding exercise and eating sensibly. Great. Thank you. Don't thank me. Thank yourself. I'll be seeing you. Not too soon, I hope. (laughs) Bye-bye. And Death steps back into the TV screen. Lazy Lucinda wakes up from the recliner with a start and looks around. What, What a dream. It seems so real. She pushes the popcorn away. Ugh, too much butter on that. I think I'll go for a walk. I really should exercise more. I'll walk my grandchildren to school, but right now I'll walk to the store and buy some fruit and vegetables. Then when I come home, I think I'll start a food journal and plan some healthy meals for myself. I want to be around to see my grandchildren grow up and wait till I tell Mm. my friends in Tops what happened to me. Wouldn't it be something if death appeared to all the Tops in the group? Wow. Wow. What a great That's play. That's a good play. <clears throat> if you know Pat Did you Siri, stage she, it for the top folks? Yeah. If you know Pat Siri, she dressed as death, and she wore a black graduation robe. Oh, she did. Did she? <laughs> With a black, oh, you know, winter stocking cap. Mm. So she's oh. black robe, black hat. Oh. And she put white on her face. Cool. <laughs> so we'll put in the usual plug if people do want to join us, and if they're listening and saying, hey, I want to be part of that. Contact the Senior Center. Well, thank you all for doing this today. And for all the listeners, stay tuned. Next month, we'll be back with more stories and fun happenings. Thanks for being with us here on the Story Hour. For all of our writers, I'm Peter J. Remember, be they laced with gravity, levity, wisdom, or whimsy, The meaningful experiences of life become a little larger when you share them, when you take a moment to commit pen to paper and just write. This is FPR.